Thanks for listening to the Your Pod Guy podcast. One of the things I want to do when I started Your Pod Guy was to find podcasts that had a clear mission and understanding of their target audience. I found Why I Left, hosted by Brian Akar, and it clicked all the buttons for a podcast that knows its why, its mission, and its audience. So I asked Brian to join me in an interview to talk about how Why I Left became to be, and he said yes, and he's here today. Thanks for being on the show, Brian. Absolutely, Scott. I appreciate you having me on. So let's get a little bit of background on you and how you got to where you're at now, because we talked a little bit before we started recording, but I think the listeners would like to hear a little bit about where you're at and how you got there. No, definitely. So I currently reside in the New York area. I work in healthcare day to day, and I really got this bug to start this show really around 2021. And what was happening for me is I started to notice that all these folks were leaving their jobs at a time of seeming uncertainty. And so by way of background, I'm an employment attorney by trade. I'm originally from the Midwest. So I kind of went to law school and eventually moved on to New York. And so I was in private practice for a little bit. Then I pivoted into government work and then moved into the HR space in healthcare. So I've always been involved. Why are people working in the ways that they're working, how are leaders and teams responding to each other, how are organizations treating their team members, so on and so forth. And so when I started hearing about this exodus of employees, I was actually heavily involved in some staff redeployment efforts during the first surge of COVID. So the world is essentially like crumbling down around us. And then I see people leaving. And so I asked myself a question. I'm like, well, if this is happening, why would someone leave like a stable job, right? Even if they didn't like it, right? Other organizations are like shutting down. There's all the things that are happening with the shutdowns nationwide, but people are leaving. And so I just got really curious. And when I, Scott, when I nerd out on something, I said, he's kind of, I kind of go deep into it. And so I asked myself this question. I was like, oh, well, I wonder if people would want to tell their stories, right? Because I kept reading articles and you know how it goes. You have, they'll interview you. You got a couple lines in the piece. They give some stats, they give some other things that are happening nationwide, and then boom, the article's done. And I just kept feeling empty after each article I read. And so I started to ask myself, well, if these people want to tell their stories, how do I bring them on, right? And so my wife bought me this really great book on podcasting. It was like this NPR book. And for the first 30, 60 days of really 22, so that's January-ish, I just started just reading it and going through the process of what I need to do. What's my target audience? What's my niche? All of these things. Cause I, I didn't want to just do this willy nilly when I was going to put my name on it. Right. Right. And then, so I started, right. And so it got to a point where kind of the rubber hits the road. I think I've done all the background that I can do. I need people. And then, so really it was felt a little bit of a salesman, but I wasn't selling anything, but I was really selling the fact that. I want you to come tell your story on my show. Now, granted, I don't have a huge following. I'm just some random guy, truthfully, on LinkedIn was where I got most of my folks. But really, here's the idea. If you're with it, then come on board. I'll make you look good. We're going to do video and audio. And I had people who believed in me and really trusted me to start doing that. And so I've been doing it ever since June of 2022. So when you were doing all the research and trying to decide, first of all, what is the mission of this podcast and what is the story that I want to tell and who's the audience? What 
types of sources besides the book that you read? What types of sources did you get into to understand where you wanted to be with the podcast? Yeah, so this is where the internet was obviously very helpful. There were there are a couple of folks who I follow naturally. There's a guy named Stephen Hart who I followed his podcast. There's a young woman named Nikayla Matthews Okome who I followed her podcast, and they often Stephen's been kind of like a mentor to me. But really talking about how when you're building something, what does that even look like, right? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to I don't even know what's the episode setup like, right? And, yeah, and all of those things. And so listening to some of their episodes, talking to Steve, and there are other things that I found on online. I think there's another woman called like the, the podcast, podcast creative, a woman named Haley who, who runs that. She had some really good freebies out there that really helped me pull it all together. And so I really, when you talk about finding the niche, what I realized was that when it comes to this type of show, I didn't want it to be a show where people are just bashing their work. Right. It's not that type of thing. I wanted to know why people, obviously why people left, but it's really focused on, on what has happened since, like what led up to that and what's happened since. Because I started to think about this and we, we talked a little bit earlier, we don't talk about resignations enough, right? But they right. happen all the time, right? And now from a generational standpoint, there are folks who used to be in jobs for much longer periods of time, right? You know, me, I'm a later millennial, right? So I was on my own little three-year rotational and works, right? Involuntary, or no, I should say voluntarily, three-year three rotationals. And so I wanted to talk, I wanted people to really talk about, well, what was everything that went into that, right? Now that you did it, what did it mean to you? What did it, how did it impact you to make that decision? And that's been the beautiful part of it because yeah, we, that's the big question why you left, but you hear these folks talk about self-actualization, self-realization, this resiliency in many cases, mental health in a lot of cases. And you hear like this common thread that we are all together in this human experience, if you will. Right. And it's so awesome to have that come out on the show. Yeah. And that really does come out. And it's, and I like how you use the pandemic as a launching point because I think we all went through this point. So at the beginning of the pandemic, we didn't know how long it was going to last. And we just binge watch Netflix or whatever for a while. (laughs) And you get through that. And if you were like me, I just wanted to really examine my life at that point. And so you start reading books, you kind of get away from the TV and you start reading books and you start journaling and taking notes and trying to understand who you are because you have this downtime and you might as well use it right. And I like how Everybody really has a different tripping point to where they made this decision, but they all really, they really have similar ways that they got there. And it was mostly through introspection. And once you take that time, it really comes out. No, definitely. That's the beauty of it, right? Like even not truthfully, I didn't have a lot of time during the pandemic, right? Uh But uh, given some of the things that I was working on. But I do think it was awesome to, to hear people really reflect on that because everyone did have so much time when they were working remotely. You don't, and I had one guy mentioned, he, was, he started adding up the commute, right? Yeah. So if it's 45 minutes this way, 45 minutes that way, oh, well, look, I have an hour and a half extra. What am I going to do with that hour and a half? Yeah. 
And now I'm at home. Now I'm working more efficiently. I had another gentleman who mentioned, yeah, I don't mind the water cooler talk, but sometimes you have four 15 minute water cooler sessions. These things add up. Yeah. Now I'm not doing that. My water cooler is going to the fridge, grabbing some food and coming back. What am I doing with all this extra time? And people really were like, they didn't waste it. Yeah. They didn't waste it. And I don't think it, it wasn't a waste. Even if people, obviously some folks were starting their own business or trying to pivot out, that type of thing. But it, I don't think it's a waste of time where people are like, you know what, this extra, I'm going to go walk, right? I'm going to yeah. take a walk or I'm going to take a paddleboard or whatever the case may be. And I just love that people sat back and had a chance to do that. You mentioned having a mentor and do you feel like that, uh, like spitballing with somebody before you get the podcast off the ground is important to get that type of feedback? Yeah, I do. Right. Like, even when I had the idea, and I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but the idea came to me at someone later told me like this divine hour, right? It was a 3 a.m. idea in uh -huh. January and I couldn't shake it. And truthfully, I wrote out the introduction between 3 and 5 a.m. In, in one one sitting. Okay. Couldn't go to sleep because I had the idea. And when I had it, I did, I bounced it off a couple of folks, right? I had my wife who was always there and I had one of my buddies, actually my photographer, Jay, who we talk about these things. And then I talked to Steven about it too. And it really does help. It really, I should say, it really helped me think about, well, what do other people think about this? Because I want, I wanted to, obviously you don't want to tell too many people because you're like, wait a minute, let me flesh out this idea. Yeah. But the concept, they were like, yeah, I like this. I could see where it could go. Think about this. And everyone just kind of gave me little pieces. And then I just went back to the drawing board and, and figured it out. And I really like the finished output. The one thing that strikes me is you're very good at interviewing. So one of the things is I, when I'm interviewing, I always try to do the 80, 20 rule. You talk 80% and I talk 20%. And you definitely achieve that in your show, but talk about how you, what you've learned so far as interviewing is concerned and how you feel maybe you've gotten better since the first episode. Oh yeah, definitely. So that's actually one of the funniest things for me to watch and listen to is I literally hear me growing up in the podcast yeah. space as this season is going on. I'm on 18 now. And so, you know, let me just give a, a little background. So I mentioned I was an employment attorney earlier and I did a lot of my work was involved in internal investigation. So by trade, I was really doing a lot of those kind of gotcha moment type of things. I have a whole bunch of stuff in the background and I'm asking you questions that I already know the answer to. I just want you to tell me the truth or not, right? And always typically tell when you're not. And so what I had to realize was that in the podcast, like this is not that type of interview, right? This is not an interrogation, if you will. And also too, I'm an active listener. So one of the things that I had to, and I truly even actively now have to stop myself from is the comments or the audible sounds if someone's responding or the laughs, right? Someone, they say something, I'll chuckle, right? Or, yeah. or they'll say, I'm like, oh, Brian, be quiet. <laughs> so that is, and truly that, I think that is a, an everyday thing that I'll need to just do. But that is something that I've loved to watch at times. And you look, you're in the game now. You want to make sure you get some good highlights and make sure that post is easy and you don't have to worry about cutting somebody else out that you accidentally cut them off, right? Right. So I have been very good about that. Or I'm sorry, I should say I've gotten much better at that because I know some of the questions and when I hear it coming, I'll just, I'll just be quiet and <laughs> I just let them give me the gems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And what, one of the things, and I've been doing an interview style podcast for like seven years. And one of the things that I found is you have to not try to fill the silence. If there's a silence and they're thinking and you're looking at them and you can tell they're thinking, let them think. Because the next thing that, like you said, the next thing that comes out of their mouth is probably going to be gold. It's going to be absolutely perfect for the podcast. And that's something that you learn. And I was impressed that you seem to really take that and do very well with it very early on. And like I said, you are getting better every episode as far as I'm concerned at the interview process. Yeah, no, I, I am comfortable with that silence. And what's great is, I don't know if you ever do any in-person interviews, which I haven't done yet, at least for the show. And so the, vir you know, virtual adds that effect to, to the show where you're like, some of these I've never met in person. Right. right. I've never, I've, we, this is maybe the second time we're actually talking because I, my flow is I do an intro call, we chat a little bit, and then you said you schedule for an official interview. And what's good about it is I let them know, I hopefully, and I've had folks tell me, I just, they just felt comfortable in the conversation and I'm good with you sitting in silence for a second. I watched the body language to say, okay, like they're thinking about it. And what's beautiful about this and your show as well is that it's our show. Right. No one's rushing me on time. You have to worry about that. So take your time. But yeah, we it's a set amount of time because I value your time. I'm not gonna hold you over for two or three hours. But I want people to be themselves. And I hope I give them the space. And I appreciate you acknowledging that. Like, give them the space to one think about some of their responses and really just talk to the listeners. Yeah, I think listening to your show would be because interviewing is not as easy as it sounds. Right. And listening to your show would be, if somebody's going to do an interview style podcast, I think you're a good model for what it should be. Because let's face it, there's a lot of interview shows out there where the host asks a question, they wait for the answer, and they ask the next question, and they have no idea what the guest told them because they're just right. thinking about the next question. And when you're interviewing, there's a lot of balls in the air. So you're thinking about technical. You're thinking about how do I sound? How do I look? How do they sound? How do they look? Are they comfortable with the question? What parts of the answer look look like they need a follow-up? And you're really juggling a whole lot of things at the same time. And it gets to be a little bit more second nature. But at first, you have to be very present and you have to be very aware of what's going on with with both you and your guests so that you get the, you get the best out of them. Yeah, no doubt. I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I'll never forget my first episode with a woman named Chelsea. I had prepared for this, everything, but something about hit and record, Scott, my heart was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, and I told her afterwards, I was like, God, was that, was that okay? She's like, well, yeah, you did such a great job. I was like, I was nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, what is going on? I'm, what am I doing? Like, why am I feeling like this? It's just, it's something I came up with. Like, why am I so nervous about it? But yes, yeah, something about, cause you do have so much going on, right? Yeah. You want to make sure the guests, like you said, are comfortable. All the tech issues could go wrong, right? And sometimes do go wrong, but yeah, there is a lot happening. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad you mentioned that. So for folks who are getting into it, yeah, it is, you do have a lot to think about, but it does kind of all come together at some point, hopefully. Right. 
but don't let it paralyze you. Make sure you still move on. If you've got something you want to do, make sure that there is a point. And you mentioned that early. That's there's this tipping point between all the planning and when you got to start and you got to know when that is so that you actually get it off the ground. And uh, it's, that's always a fine line. You got to know when you're ready, but you also have to know that I'm not going to be a hundred percent ready ever if I keep refining and rehoning what I want. So let's just get it moving. Absolutely. I mean, when I started this, so this was late December 21, early January 22 concept. And once I really started getting it together, like I started interviewing in April and I got to a point where like I did all I could do. And I told, I had a, that similar conversation with myself. I was like, you know what? I think I have a good product. I'm going to put it out. I'm going to learn some things along the way. It's not going to be perfect. Also too, for me, I guess for my specific topic, I'm also riding a wave, right? So I was coming in on this great resignation wave. I couldn't sit on this for eight months (laughs) and think that I was going to have something relevant, right? And so, and I fully acknowledge that, right? I am hopped on a very trendy topic. And the first few seasons are going to be around that, but eventually it'll evolve, right? It'll mm-hmm. evolve because the idea, not even idea, but the fact that people resign from jobs is not new, right? Right. You have all these different phrases that people come up with, you know, quiet quitting, quiet promotions, all these different things, great resignation. But the fact of the matter is people are always going to be working, right? The robots aren't taking over just yet, right? right? <laughs> people are going to be working and people at times when like jobs and leave jobs, right? mm-hmm. what goes into that? I think is something I really want to explore. And eventually I'll, I'll open it up because yeah. I do want to hear from folks regardless of the time period, right? And maybe some folks who during the pandemic will come on as well, but really open it up because when you think about it, what's that, what's that phrase they say? Everything you ever want is on the opposite side of fear, Yeah, right? It's some, something like that. And that is something that many people have figured out regardless of time period. And I'd love to start exploring that with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you're definitely setting it up for that type of a transition. And that's really good. So this is, this is always hard to look at because I look at my own. Have you noticed any mistakes you made or any, anything that you would have done differently starting out that maybe you've pivoted a little bit or sit, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Anything that you've point that you've seen that you've needed to either change or you just have to live with? Yeah, I, I think from an interview standpoint, one of the things I've mentioned earlier was the, uh, unfortunately, sometimes I may have cut folks off or there was a thought that was happening. And like, I was so either excited to get something out or I thought they were done. I thought the space was good for me to jump in and they were, and it was a weird type of thing. That's one. And then there are just other, I think some of the biggest things are like, I'm, good at social media. I'm not great. And I think that there are, like, I could have done a better job of the lead up to season one, like the promoting of it. I was too busy again because of the, I knew I had to, on this wave, I knew I was going to launch at this point. I was still recording season one when season one launched. I don't think I put enough into the promo for season one to get it off and going. Yeah. But then I like, no one would ever really know that. Right. But it's just kind of my, (laughs) my own thing. I just sit back and think about that too. And you may feel this with your show too. 
no one's asking us to do this. Right. Right. And so even when we do things and we may mess up, like I remember I messed up some graphic before and I was like, oh God, it's ridiculous. I, I could have easily could have made this edit. Nobody really cares. Exactly. <laughs> cares. So I got to remember that. Yeah. Too. That's exactly, I'm consulting with a guy in Idaho getting his podcast off the ground and he was, he's all, he's actually renting a podcast studio to do it and he's chomping it a bit. And I finally said, Chris, there is nobody sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for your podcast, right? (laughs) So, so whenever it comes out. You're going to find your tribe. You're going to find those people who want to listen to it. But up until then, just relax and make sure you get the details right before you start pushing record. Exactly. That's one of the hard things is even though you have a burning desire to do what you do, nobody else knows about that until you present it. And Exactly. Yeah. And I, I am the same way in social media. And have you ever, have, do you outsource anything for the podcast? So my production, I outsource that to a guy named Dave, a podcast geek, he's over in Ireland and he does amazing work. And so that's the thing I outsource to him. He'll make it all look good for you too. The intro, outro, all that stuff, cut a few highlights for me. And then I do everything else. I have a social media scheduler. I use social pilot. Yeah. And that gives me all, gives me access to all the different platforms and then through Canva. So, so one of the, one of the other evolutions is probably the first 10 or 11 episodes, it was just like person in a box, maybe some words up top and then the clip. And I was like, oh, let me, and yeah, that's good. Some people like that, but I was like, oh, let me like brand it, right? Like I want you to know it's me. And so God love, gotta love Canva. Yeah. I was I was on Canva, made a little something. Look, I'm no graphic designer, but I made something that worked for me. It's got my branding, my colors and all that. And now I use this thing. So you'll notice this shift, at least visually, from like episode 11 to episode 12. It's like I have this new format. Yeah. And so that that's, I do all that stuff. And now it's to the point where I'm pretty quick with it. It's funny because that's how I discovered you was one of, one of the, one of the things that you, sh- the Canva template yeah. that you shared with all the branding and stuff and and you know, linkedin knows th- they've got their own algorithm and they know that i'm looking at podcast stuff so yours came up and i saw that and i'm like okay click i want to know more about this one because it looks good and so it does work just to give you some feedback those things Great. do work it's it never works as fast as we want them to and you sometimes you think you're just you're throwing stuff out to the void, but it actually does it with some people. So you're doing well at it. And I really thought by the way that your social media is done, that you're outsourcing it. So it's very professional what you're putting oh, I out. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I had a, one of the guests was a marketer. She asked me the same question. She's like, who do you outsource it to? I was like, oh, that warms my heart. Yeah. It's, like, it's just me. It's like, just me. It is just me. I'm just, Truthfully, I, I was joking with another guy. I was like, I'm building the plane and flying it at the same time. So it all just comes together. Yeah. Yeah. Now, d- this is kind of kind of a, uh, a wrap up question. If somebody was to come to you and say, hey, Brian, I like your podcast. I want to start mine. What would be the advice that you give them for doing the pre-work and starting a podcast? 
Absolutely. So what I would say is, first thing is you have a show, really start to think about who are the other players in that space, right? What does that niche look like, that niche look like? And I always recommend this NPR book, right? It was very helpful for me in walking me through the steps. And it allows you to really figure out, well, what are you going to do? Is this, are you hosting, co-hosting with someone? Is it solo? Is it going to be interview style? You got to think about what works best for you. And then also too, think about what it is that you actually want to do, right? This is something that I do as a hobby, right? I have a full-time, very full-time yeah. job, right? <laughs> and so, and people always often ask, like, how do you have time to do this? And in the beginning, it was really working late nights, but now it's gotten to a point where I'm able to, my workflow is just a bit better as you start doing these things. Mm. But you have to ask yourself and be honest with yourself about what kind of show am I trying to do and what kind of show do I have time to do? Truthfully, do you have time to do? Right. Because no one wants to put out something that is garbage, right? You want to do that. And you want to make sure that you're, you don't need to go buy a bunch of expensive things, but you need a good mic, need a good headset, and you need a good camera. And from there, you can do anything. Yep. Yeah, very good. That's exactly, almost exactly what I would tell folks myself <laughs> and it i just gotta ask I, I just got this book today this isn't the book you're talking about no okay no, not that one no <laughs> no mine's it's the npr like the guide to starting a podcast okay like that i'll yeah, get that I, one I, too yeah it's solid i can send it to you afterwards i forget the full title but it, it's uh -huh. npr's book and it was just easy to read it, if you're, you'll appreciate it. And it's not like leisure reading. It's like, oh, I want to start a podcast. Okay, boom. Let me get this how-to book Yeah, and then run through it. Yeah. And I highly recommend reading some books before you get started just to, because not everything is going to stick. Not everything in the book is going to even make sense to you, especially the technical stuff. Correct. But as you, as you, cause I read two or three books before I started and the thing is, as you get into it, all that stuff comes back. It's, oh yeah, I remember reading that. And when I buy a podcast book, I, cause I read Kindle most of the time. When I buy something that's podcasting or it's technical, it's in my line of work. I always get a hardback or a paperback so I can get my highlighter out and put my little notes in it. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I do the same. And even with the, so I have a, like a one note file for everything. And uh -huh. so if there's something that i pick up and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Let me save this link and write something, write a note to myself because there's so, so much information out there. Truthfully, it, to be honest, it can be a lot and it can be a bit of an overload, Yeah, but you do have to kind of cut through the noise a little bit and be like, all right, at some point, let me just pick what I'm going to do this thing and let's figure this out. Right, right. Well, the podcast is called Why I Left. You can find it on all the apps just by typing in Why I Left. And it's also at whyileft.co. And good job in actually getting a URL for the podcast. That's one of the things I always recommend to folks is make sure no matter what you do, reserve that URL so that you've got a, a spot to put your website. <laughs> Definitely. That's one. Any idea? I always go to that first. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And I'll just say that Why I Left is it's really one one of those podcasts that if you're going to start a podcast, especially an interview style podcast, it's a very good blueprint for what is good 
about an interview style podcast. And I'm really glad I found you, even though it was just a LinkedIn <laughs> social media post that you did. Well, I'm glad you found me too. One of the things I always kind of preach about on LinkedIn is the power of LinkedIn. And so look, some, sometimes, like you mentioned, you think you're putting things into the void. Well, I'm glad algorithm showed me some love. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> that. Well, thanks a lot. And I appreciate you being on the show. Of course. Absolutely. You take care.